Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I don't know if you've ever felt like you are just surviving your life. I know I have, and that's why I created this space. I want to help you move from surviving to thriving. My goal is to help you get unstuck and actually enjoy your life. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips and always point you to Jesus. So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive, the Advent edition. Now today the topic is peace. And I think we deeply long for peace more than we really even know. A few years ago, I created a five-day email series called Deep Soul Rest. But really, it's all about finding peace. The series started as one very long email, and I had to break it up or it would have been far too overwhelming. And you know what? As many free resources as I have on my website, this is the one people click the most. This is what we long for when the world feels so chaotic. And this download was popular far before a pandemic entered our world, because I think the chaos on the inside has been unbearable, even before the chaos on the outside made an appearance. Now, I remember exactly where I was when I created this resource. It poured out of me as I was so overwhelmed with this feeling of complete rest on the inside. I didn't realize that for so much of my life, this low-lying hum of anxiety had been so present. It was just life. It was just who I was. It was only when this hum disappeared that I realized I didn't have to live that way. Another way was possible. Peace, deep soul peace was possible. And I wish I could link a tab to Deep Soul Peace for you to add to your shopping cart for $9.99. I wish I could wrap it up with a bow and put it under your Christmas tree. But this kind of peace isn't something I can give you. It isn't the evidence of perfect circumstances or easy relationships. This peace is so beyond what any worldly offer can give you that it actually makes it incredibly difficult to fully explain. Now, since I have been living in this place of deep soul peace, I've come to pay attention to the people around me who also carry this peace. What makes them unique? What has been their process? What have they done to get this way? And what about those that seem to have this low-lying anxiety that seeps out through their words and actions, even possibly without their own awareness? Really, I became an investigator of peace, a peace detective. I knew what had happened in my life, but I wanted to know from others, what was the secret? Now, of course, the answer is Jesus. We know that. But we also know that Christians are just as susceptible to this low-lying anxiety as those who don't have a relationship with Jesus. So what then was the difference with these few These ones who seem to be so grounded, so deeply steady that when life storms hit them, they didn't crumble. And this episode isn't about anxiety exactly, but rather just stepping back and learning a few lessons from these people that I have been studying. Now, can I share with you what I've observed? 
I want to share some key characteristics that are evident in these very peaceful people. First, they have a personal relationship with Jesus that they pursue daily, not for show, not for Instagram, but they're reading the Bible and spending time in prayer. They've learned to cultivate their own relationship with Jesus, not just waiting for a Sunday morning sermon to fill them up or an Instagram post to draw them to Jesus. This is key. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. We cannot experience peace if we don't spend time with Jesus on our own for ourselves, period, end of story. And this can be hard. Unless we have a solid rhythm in place of connecting with him every day, or we've learned to say no to some of what the world demands of us to get away with the Father, we will always find ourselves coming up short. And I know this because I lived this for years. I didn't have time to spend with Jesus. And as harsh as it sounds, I didn't really care. It felt like one more area of demand, especially with young kids. It felt like, oh, I'm so tired. And now I have to go pour out again, read and try and focus my incredibly distracted mind. To be honest, I got in my own way when it came to spending time with Jesus way more than anyone else in my life. But I just like to blame them. I blame my kids for always being there and demanding so much. I blame my husband and his busy schedule. But really, while those things were challenging, they didn't actually keep me from spending time with Jesus. I did. I just chose other things. I didn't really trust him. I didn't trust that he could really fill me up in the deep places where my weary soul ached. I figured a TV show and a glass of wine would do a better job. And I don't think those things are bad. I just don't think we're meant to go to them as the well to fill us back up. Okay, number two, and I've already alluded to this. They don't operate from a place of blame. And here's what I want to say about this. When we blame others for what is going on in our lives, we automatically give away any say or control in our own lives. We've just let go of the ability to take steps toward creating the life we want. We live from a place of being a victim in our lives. But when we can say, yes, what that person did was wrong, or yes, the circumstance that happened is not ideal, but there is still something I can do, something shifts. When we begin to take ownership, it brings us a lot of freedom and possibility. And with that, we're able to experience a level of peace in our lives that we can't when we feel powerless in our own lives. And I'm not going to deep dive into blame today, but if you want more, uh, you can check out episode 22. Okay, number three, they have dealt with their personal heart junk. They don't have an unresolved conflict with somebody that they have brushed under the rug or hoped it would go away or dismissed it because it really isn't that big a deal. This is such a huge topic and not something we can do quickly. If you're 40 and you've never dealt with any of the heart clutter um, or the pain from your past, others hurting you, ways in which you've hurt others, that's 40 years of junk just hiding out and waiting to be dealt with. That kind of work takes time. 
And if this is standing out to you as the thing that you need, know you need to do, I'm going to offer you three areas of direction. One, you can see if there is a Freedom Session course being offered at a church near you. Feel free to email me if you want to know more about that. Number two, you can buy my book Tangled or take my very inexpensive online course that will walk you through um, just more of that process of just dealing with the junk in your heart. And number three, just very simply, you can sit with Jesus. Read Psalm 139 verses 23 and 24, and it just says to um, ask him to seek your heart. And you can ask him, what is hiding out in your heart? Maybe even get a pen and a paper, because if you haven't done this before, there may be a lot of things in there, but I do feel like God is gentle and he usually just brings up a few things at a time. And remember that anything that comes up is not to condemn you, but to let you know what's there so that together you can deal with it and get freedom from it. We can't experience deep peace in our heart if there are things in there that are heavy and holding us back. And as much as everyone hates this word, we can't have peace in our hearts if there's sin there, if there are things we just haven't confessed and repented from. And no one is free from this process. It is a continual process in my life. And I talk about this in my book, Tangled, how it's kind of like weeding your garden. At the beginning of the season, there are a ton of weeds hanging out there. But later on through the summer, we just weed here and there and we maintain. But if you've never done this, it can feel a little overwhelming. So I get that. Now here is another great daily practice. In the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, 9 to 15, Jesus says, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now, this is how we are to pray every day. Forgive me, God, as I forgive those who have done something to hurt me. This is the everyday maintenance. And I'd be shocked if there was a day that went by that I didn't need this prayer, confession and forgiveness from God and the act of forgiving those in my life. Now, very quickly, I want to flip a little bit and talk about what I've noticed about those who seem to have a lack of peace. And also please note, this is in no way to shame anyone. My hope always is to help give you some aha moments in your own life and point you to Jesus. And many of the things I'm going to say in this part, I notice because it's what I used to do. So number one, people who kind of have more of this low-lying hum of anxiety, people who just aren't experiencing that deep peace. Number one, they often haven't really let go of their lives and given them all fully to God. There's a part they're holding on to and they're trying to keep it safe. Whether it's connected to finances or health or relationships, there's just this need for them to be in control. They love God, but they don't really trust him fully. 
And if we don't trust God, we really can't receive his gift of peace. Our hands will be clenched tight, holding onto control. And when they are white knuckling those places in our life that we don't let go of, we're not able to receive his peace. Imagine for a second that someone is trying to hand you a Christmas present. Can you receive it with clenched fists? We receive with palms open. Now, number two, they're often unaware of what is coming out of their mouths. I love Matthew 12, 34 that says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. This is a great way for me to know what's going on in my heart. And when words of complaining, bitterness, anger, or negativity come out of my mouth, it lets me know that's what's going on in my heart. And it's not about changing our words. Yes, what we speak out loud is vital. But if we don't deal with the heart, we will continue to have those words come out of our mouth. I think we really both need to be addressed at the same time. And again, I'm not going to dive fully into this, but I did a little bit more in episode 21. Lastly, the characteristic of those with, uh, who are not experiencing that deep peace. It's that they don't filter what they consume. Maybe a thought comes their way, I should look this up online, and they do it without really realizing they don't have to. And the things they begin to plant in their heart begin to grow. Galatians 6, 7 says, a man reaps what he sows. So whether it's the form of any kind of media, news, social media, TV, the conversations of others, music, it's really easy to see this in my kids, especially my four-year-old who really doesn't get out much and hasn't really been exposed to much. At one point, I heard her say something like, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. She had no idea what those words meant, but from watching enough YouTube, she is echoing what she's heard. Now, the other night as we were driving in the van, she started belting out the, the words as best she could, as best she knew to, um, oh, holy night. Now, which of those things do I really want her repeating? I'm the parent. I actually do have a say in what input, for the most part, she, she gets put into her life. And then what output will be coming out? And we have actually way more say in our own lives when it comes to this. We often just don't practice self-control. And going back to those super peaceful people I mentioned before, they are self-controlled. Many of the most peaceful people I connect with, either online or in person, don't consume a ton of media, any form. Our brains simply can't filter at all. So we have to be diligent gatekeepers of our heart and our mind. No one can do this for us. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. What we put in it will come out. And if you want peace in your life, is, and if what you're doing currently isn't working, maybe it's time for a consumption evaluation. My husband and I recently started doing this eating plan called Whole30. Honestly, it's the worst. I blame him. And it's been hard. In many ways, it's a test to see how your body responds when you don't have certain foods like 
maybe the bloatiness or fatigue or adult acne, maybe that's actually related to your diet. Now I have to say, thankfully we're over halfway there and I'm already dreaming about some of my favorite foods. But one of the reasons I wanted to join him was I just wanted to see maybe some of my input has been affecting me more than I knew. And to be honest, I didn't want this to be true, but what I had been doing wasn't working. I needed to try something else. And I I do have to say, maybe I'll do an update um, when we're finished this. Things have changed. We're heading into day 20 and things really have changed. And if you heard my money episode a few weeks back with Brendan, you know the same is true in our finances. We had to do something differently. Just trying our best when it came to food and finances wasn't actually doing anything for us. And can I leave you with that thought? Maybe what you've been doing to try to find peace just isn't working. Maybe you need to shake it up. Maybe you need to try something new. Maybe it's time to move from Jesus being your savior to being your Lord. And if that's you, let's pray together. I'm going to read Psalm 139, 23 and 24 out of the Passion Translation. And if you're comfortable, pray with me and open up your hands to um, both surrender and to receive. It says, God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there's any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious, everlasting ways. The path that brings me back to you. Amen. I love that translation of this psalm. I love that it starts with this invitation. God, I invite you. Let me know what's going on in my heart. Often we have no idea what's really, really going on in our heart. We have to ask God. We allow him to bring those things up. And we ask him, is there any path of pain I'm walking on? And I think um, so often in our lives, sometimes the path of pain we're walking on actually is um, can be a path of comfort. As crazy as it sounds, it can be a path where we are trying to comfort ourselves with a variety of measures. And those things can actually keep us away from the true path of peace, as it says, lead me back to your glorious, everlasting ways, the path that brings me back to you. I do believe he wants peace for us. John 14, 27, the words of Jesus say, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Allow him to give his peace to you today. Now I'm trusting this episode has helped you move one step closer to thriving and I'd love for you to share it with a friend. People are so desperate for peace. Let's point them to the one who gives it. Thanks so much for listening today. I really am so encouraged knowing how many of you are being encouraged by this message. And if you have found it helpful, would you mind just sharing it with a friend, leaving five stars or even a review wherever you listen to podcasts, podcasts, 
keeping it super professional. Um, if you want to connect more with me, head over to Instagram where I'm at Jacqueline.Widener. Or if you want some free resources, head over to my website at JacquelineWidener.com. <laughs>